0: Hello, all conduits who are cosmic. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a special guest. She is special, but she's not special to this podcast, but she's very special. She's been called special her whole life, and she continues to be special. (laughs) Emphasis on the special. So she is here with me today, as always, your co-host and fellow cosmic conduit, Danica.
1: I'll take it. I'll Prasad, take it. I'll take Venus. special in any form.
0: Nice. Welcome back to Danica Venus or Prasad. Who are you? Tell us who you are.
1: Uh, how much time do you have?
0: Uh, four minutes. Um, Time's up. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. Tell me what. How would you like to be known, Venus or Prasad?
1: I don't. Kind of in between the two right now. I don't mind. Venus. I'm. I'm going with Danica Venus just because it's congruent with my Instagram, my art, my website. Mm. So it's- and
0: just a side point If you haven't checked out Danica Venus Art On Instagram That is a site For the senses Is that how you, is, that, is that Is that a sight correct for the no. <laughs> It's only for one sense I mean You can technically touch it But it's not gonna Be as rewarding As looking at it
1: I don't think that's a saying Feast
0: your eyes On <laughs> Danica Venus Art Yeah I mean it- At Danica Venus Art
1: Okay Hashtag
0: that. Danica Venus Art at fullstop.com www.danicavenus. Venus. Seriously her art's amazing. Go look at it. It's beautiful. Anyway, why do you have this alter ego as your artist name?
1: I just I've changed I've changed the way I I've changed what my name is so many times over the course of my lifetime. I have no issue with Danica Prasad, but I think Danica Venus I like the way it rings with my with everything that I'm creating.
0: Because your name translates to morning star, correct?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like morning star. The morning star is Venus, so it's kind of like Venus, Venus. But like morning star Venus. Venus, morning star, Venus. It's kind of like, like, like stupid idiot. It's kind of like stupid idiot. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah,
0: I know you very well, and one thing Danica does is that she likes to change her room every one or two weeks. She'll shuffle things around her room. She's constantly very in tune with the flow of energy in her room. So she likes to mix it up. But if you've ever seen her website, which is a glorious design, she has totally... She changes it up every two or three weeks. Just like your room. Do you consider your website to be like an an, uh, escalation of your bedroom?
1: I don't change it up that often, by the way. It changes up like a few times. Every time I
0: see it, it's different.
1: A few times. Oh, I guess I've been working on it little by little. But I see my entire self like that. Like even... Because that is... It's not just the way I see myself. That is the way that I am. For example, the conversation we had last week about horror. Like how how I like listening to horror stories. Since that conversation... There's been a shift where I've steered not steered away but, but I I felt inherently drawn to listening to other stuff before I sleep
0: that must make you very stressed out
1: no but because horror relaxes just, you but it's not it's not it's not that it's like as I've sort of unpacked that phase and you presented really brilliant, thoughts as to why that might be so relaxing for me. Like, why are you drawn to horror? Maybe because you're exploring your fear or whatever it was. It, uh, it was like, cool. There was this silent, like, yes, I feel this within myself. And then now I've been exploring something new. So...
0: And that's the Emerald, right?
1: The em- Well, that's not new, but, but I've just been doing other been- stuff. Well, it's not... I mean, I could start listening to horror again next week. But what I'm trying to say is that my sense of self... Is constantly in flux. I feel like it flows with what I learn, where I go, who I spend time with. And it's not, but I always retain like a very strong sense of self within that. Yeah. But my expression of self and my self awareness is always evolving. And so I feel like my spaces, my website, my bedroom, mm. my look. You know, I've had so many different hair colors. I've cut my hair short. I've had it long. It's been purple, green, blue, pink, red. Um, All of these things are like, I like to to be a bit of a chameleon because maybe there's this inner outer relationship between I flow, but I also always have this sense of who I am within that. It's playful. It's beautiful. It is playful. It is playful. Evolutionary.
0: Do you think it's related at all to the... the nature of the solar plexus chakra which is the chakra that tries to or that the chakra that does connect us to our own identity so that is basically how we see ourselves and our fire our motivation and our will that chakra governs all those things it's it's the chakra related to fire as well and so if you have a need to not that this is a bad thing it could be a very healthy thing if you have a need to keep redefining yourself it seems like the chakra might be quite active and, and, or it could be the other way. It could be a little bit deficient, but the definition of self actually would, would work to balance that area. I would assume.
1: Yeah. there's so many things. There's so many things to ponder in what you said. There's the solar plexus chakra, and then there's all other, how that coincides with all the other energy systems of the body. There's also the idea of, like elemental makeup I, I think about my mm. elemental makeup I've got a lot of fire which is constantly burning and regenerating burning off and mm. regenerating letting things die and then allowing new things to be born
0: that's why you fart so much I can't stand it <laughs> I really not can't don't. stand it you're the ga- you're like a gaseous cloud in beautiful clay form
1: I fart like once every three weeks three weeks
0: <laughs> I'm lucky if I hear you fart once why a year
1: why are you like this today
0: like what <laughs> You mean amazing, hilarious, awesome, insightful, joyful, playful, and beautiful? No. Oh, I, th- I thought you meant those. Sorry, go on. No. Anyway, so I tell, also, me, tell me I about also the, have, d- the elemental makeup. and.
1: Well, uh, without going into all of that, it, it could be many different things. I guess it's just how I am. I, ho- I also have a, I don't want to say need for, but I am drawn to novelty for lack of a better word or i like fresh environments i like fresh energy i like my space to feel different every now and then i start itching for adventure or to go see a new place or do a new thing and so i guess that's my my way to experience that in my everyday life as well if my bedroom stayed the same for five years i would lose my mind i would start so
0: peculiar to me because i love my space the consistency of my space is what creates the feeling of home.
1: And Jesse's lived in, the, lived in the same home since he was born.
0: Yeah, born and raised in the one... We did renovate it once, 15, 20 years ago. But the same house my entire life. And I'm so, so blessed to be born and raised in this house. Because I know a lot of people who have moved a lot. And it, it messes with their sense of self to try and you know create a new life by living here and then moving to this country then to this state and constantly being on the move is very difficult and i guess you didn't really experience that to the extent that i'm describing but i think when you have to like uh, shift your roots deep into the ground um and do that over and over again you obviously will have some complexes about where home is and what feels like home it's hard it's hard because you definitely have to root deep in order for it to feel like home but for you 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 treat your room as if it as if it has to be exciting it has to create this feeling of ah oh, something's new in here yes i feel good you know it, it it for some reason it's linked for you with adventure whereas my room is not, it's beautiful but i don't see it as an adventurous place
1: no i i don't I don't think it's linked to adventure. I think it's linked to energy flow and the way that I'm experiencing my energy at this point in time. Sometimes I feel it needs more color, sometimes less sometimes more stuff, sometimes less sometimes I want things on the walls sometimes I want nothing on the walls so uh I was listening to an episode of The Emerald this morning that incited um well well that related to this in the sense that Joshua was talking about environment and how we are inextricably linked to and influenced by our environments and so in our history we lived in nature in the natural world which nourished us and fed us and we were of it we were never separate from it but now that we've created these boxes for ourselves and we've sectioned ourselves off from nature we don't realize the degree to which we are influenced by the houses that we live in, the buildings that we spend time in. And a lot of the time our modern day buildings are just big, stark fluorescent lighting, white walled boxes. But when you go to a cathedral, a church, a temple, a really beautifully designed house, like architecturally design with windows and flow and water and natural elements, it makes you feel different. And so As much as I understand what you're saying about planting your roots and finding a sense of home, for me, it's just my relationship with my environment. I think I can feel at home in spaces that are clean, clear, fresh, that feel nourishing to me. And again, I'm just a dynamic person. So when I I, a dynamic environment speaks to me.
0: Did you always do that when you were younger? Would you change your room up quite often?
1: I've had many different rooms.
0: And you don't see it really as being related to how you define or perceive yourself
1: self-perception i mean it is is it not it's just I see, it's yeah, that's, how, a that's how i see it for example you're but you're stable whereas i'm quite erratic by nature
0: er, that's the word you're going to go with erratic yeah i would say completely insane
1: erratic's but a pretty be, good word for that but
0: being sane in a sick society is boring you yeah know? <laughs> so that's why i love you you're perfect the way you are but if i'm to give a little um personal narrative similar to your situation it would be the one of my little sister she was constantly changing her room between the ages of 10 and 14 she would constantly go through okay not constantly I I guess once every six months she would throw away a lot of things because she was trying to be defined as a young girl or a teenager rather than a little girl who has dolls and toys and so I, I saw this you know, I'd say very healthy and very normal uh, situation where she was, she would come home or she'd get maybe bullied at school and she'd come home and she'd, I'm sick of this, I'm sick of all my toys, I'm such a baby, I have to get rid of it all. And then she'd end up getting in this mood where she throws everything away quite viciously and then later she'll start to miss them, but she was killing off a part of her identity, yeah, and I'd say, "But Kess, you love that thing why would you why would you get rid of that?" And she would just, no, I can't i I need to grow up, you know so she was a a young kid who was desperate to be an adult, and that longing to be something you're not is so prevalent in society like it 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 pained me when I was in high school with even just my hair. I used to have Chemically straightened hair. Mum's a hairdresser, and I used to do that in high school, in about year ten onwards.
1: And straight hair was the thing in like the metal and rock yeah. scene society. Yeah, so. I,
0: had the, I had the Justin Bieber hair before people knew who, knew who he was, and yeah, it was the scene in like metal, and you could headbang and you you'd go to the beach with all the other waxies and you'd fit in there. Then, when I was about twenty, I started embracing my curls and since then i got way more compliments but just the tendency to want something that you are not or to define yourself as something that you want to be and then start to start to change things in your world until you get there i wonder what creates that yeah destination syndrome
1: um see i, I think that what i'm ex- what I experience in the sense of trying to change my environment up regularly is exactly what your sister was experiencing back then without the rejection of self. Right. Without the looking at myself from the eyes of another. It's never an embarrassment or like, I don't want people to see the side of me or I've outgrown, like, this is not me anymore. Like, there are moments of that where it's like, this, this it's definitely. That's what it is at its core. It's like, this is not me anymore. Mm. But it's not like every two weeks. This isn't me anymore. But sometimes it's as simple as moving a plant over here and be like, ah, this is me.
0: <laughs> but, See, that to me really is erratic.
1: It, but I'm an erratic person. Uh, yeah. This is what I've been embracing recently, right? So I've had a lot Your of... insanity. My insanity. <laughs> I have to embrace, embrace it. the I've insanity. I've been trying to fight it for years, but now i just got to embrace it. Um, now
0: you know you're insane.
1: But there's been a lot of like a lot of huge fluctuations of emotion in my life where I've been deeply, deeply emotional deeply feeling, and then had to repress due to trauma. And then it all came up again in high school. And then I had to repress because it's not cool to be, well, I know, there's many, many different layers of stuff. Mm. And then it all came up again in my early adulthood. And then I had to repress when I rebelled and some shit went down and it all came up again when I met Jesse and then Jesse went away. So I had to repress. And now it's all come up again, but it's taken a while for it to unfold. And as I've sort of stopped rejecting it and stopped stuffing it back down, it's coming up more and more of like this, this yin yang ebb flow of like whoa this wild ride of feeling so many different things every three days it's like a dish, different emotional experience and it's really deep and it's really like it's really moving and just allowing myself to be moved by it has been really beautiful because it's like wow I can work with this but but what you've shared with me in the last few years is like you've asked me so many times have you been watering your forgiveness plant because you've helped me plant the plant of forgiveness have you been watering it And I can safely say that this year or the last couple of months or so, every morning I sit down and I, I start my sort of prayer cycle with, I love and forgive myself. And so that's held me and myself in this space of love and compassion to then nurture that irrationality and to hold space. I, I mean, it's lack of a better word, but that's the way that I am. And so if I can learn to work with it by keeping my life dynamic, keeping my environment dynamic, expressing, um, not letting it get out of control and holding myself within those emotional fluctuations, then I'm just working with myself and my energy. Whereas you're just like, <laughs> Jesse's room got renovated semi recently and he's, so all the furniture was moved out of his room and the three key furnitures were put back in. And the, the way they were put in on the first day his parents who renovated the room just plunked them back in. They're like, he can sort this out later. Jesse walks in. He's like, ah, this is fine. And it's not, even the plant has not moved a millimeter since that day. And I'm like, when are you going to do your room up? He's like, no, it's done. And I'm like, you didn't even do it. But your sense of self is so steady. Not that, not that you have a stronger sense of self than me, I think, but that it's just so steady that you're like, I can, this is it.
0: Ever since I was at least 12, my sense of self was very strong. I never had to worry about who I was. And um, I feel that people are more likely to get bullied in high school and stuff if they don't have that. And I saw a lot of people who didn't have that. And you try and help them when you're younger and be friends with them and not to teach them anything, but just because you're, you're, you're just drawn to each other. You know, People who don't have a strong sense of self sometimes tend to be quiet. And so introverts sort of cling on to the extroverts and they pick one and they tag along or whatever. But ultimately, okay, don't bring up my room because it's perfect. And yes, it was assembled for me, though I did move things around and found that I liked where everything was. Um, I don't see my room too much as an, as a reflection of my sense of self. I like the steadiness. It It makes... The feeling of, ah, oh, I'm home. It makes that really, I guess, extra nourishing. because It's that almost feeling... like the
1: clearer it is, the more home it feels for you because your sense of yes. self is so close within yourself. Yes. Whereas my sense of self is out here. Mm. It's inextricable with what mm. happens around me.
0: So for me, it's not how many things, whether it's inside or out of me, it's not how many things are around me. It's more, what are the colors I'm exposed to? For example, blue and white, I love those colors because of the ocean and I just always have even as a kid I found myself more drawn to blue and white things and so again that feeling of home is there with the colors so when it was time to repaint it was an obvious choice and the the, the choice wasn't what colors am I going to do it was there are thousands of shades of blue and thousands of shades of white <laughs> what are you going to do
1: but even in that you look at Jesse's wardrobe from age zero to age almost 30 it's all blue you look at his room. You look at his bedspread. You look at his pop plants Blue, 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 blue. Whereas me, I would say my favorite colors. I always say it's its a gradient between blue, purple, and green, right? Even that answer is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And then with, with myself, with the way that I dressed, it started out colorful when I was younger, and then it was all black through my teens and early adulthood. And then it was blues and greens and purples, and now it's moving into earthy reds and oranges. And so again, there's that dynamic exploration of self with the colors that surround me. Now I want my room to be blue. Now I want it to be purple. Now I want it to be grey. Now I want some warm earthy tones. Like even in that, there's mm. such a different way of being where you're like blue, white, clean floors, done.
0: It's sorted. You know, I don't have to worry about it. I I have, I haven't really had phases where I want to get more wacky and colorful. If I tried to, I'd feel like I was being inauthentic.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you feel like your expression of self is not only always changing, but it doesn't need to be one thing. It's supposed to be changing. You feel like a cuttlefish. (laughs) I do I feel like a (laughs) cuttlefish. I love that. Kinda.
1: I love that. Yeah, I really do. And it's again, it's interesting comparing your life path. You're a musician. You've always known it. You'll always know it. Mm. For me. I'm so many different things. And even within those things, my role evolves. Mm. Yes, I'm an artist, but what am I creating? Mm. Yes, I'm a yogi, but how am I practicing my yoga at this point in time? I love science. I love physics. I love nature. I love gardening. I, you know, it, there's so many different aspects of self that I can dive into and explore. Um, yeah. It makes really, it,
0: makes your life more rich and well-rounded, but at the same time, more confusing to navigate.
1: It, it it has been it has been quite confusing to navigate, and I really find that in the last few months, I feel this defragmentation occurring. I feel like it's all coming home as I really mm. settle into, as I really stop doubting the way that I am when I stop doubting my erratic nature and my chameleon Just own sense it. Of self yeah, own and my it. influx environment and my. my myriad of interests it's like no this is who i am but it's not just it's not just accepting all of that it's honing in on what do i do every day like what am i working at every day because having a practice too much. Is i want to so do important. this i want to do that i love to do this i love to do that but yeah practice it all comes down to practice so, so it's easy
0: like, to treat the world as your playground which i appreciate and i do sometimes but you can lose focus because playground lose focus. Playground describes external stimuli all around you. Do you play on the slide? Do you go on the swing? Do you go in the ropes? Do you go flip the knots and crosses thing? Like, what is your thing? What do you enjoy the most? And to pick one is bloody hard, I would assume, for you. But you kind of have. And what I've noticed is the buffet of emotions that's come up is the integration of every part of yourself. And if you're forgiving yourself through those things and integrating those parts of yourself that were stuffed down and rejected through your youth. And while you're growing up, I only see your life getting better, you getting happier and you being closer to your purpose and being more and more, I guess, enlightened.
1: Yeah. You really handed me that key. You, you said it, you said it many, many times for years and years and years. And then when I fell to one of my darkest points in my life, semi-recently, you handed me the key again and you said this all happened because you have not forgiven yourself. You haven't learned how to forgive yourself. Mm. And you're right. Like it's it's hard to learn. It was such it's a an very hard abstract lesson. concept and it's not something you can learn from the mind. It's something you have to feel you have in to your feel heart it. and yeah. you have to cultivate and you yeah. have to water it.
0: Cultivating water is, is the main thing. People... People are drawn to dramatic narrativization of things. Yeah. So they go, they'll do one deep meditation when they forgive them yeah. themselves and they'll go, oh, it's okay, I forgave myself. It's that's like that's that not one. how it works. Forgiveness, like you said, is a plant. You have to keep watering it, you have to cultivate it. And so when you do feel it and you do cultivate it and you commit to that cultivating, you watch in six months, your life will be extremely favorable.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's a practice. And everything everything has been coming home to practice me. Practice, practice, practice. Little bits every day. Do it sustainably. Do it often.
0: Why was forgiving yourself so abstract? Why was, the, why was that concept so alien to you? I just didn't begin? know how
1: to feel it. I didn't know how to feel it. I didn't know how to have those moments of those outbursts or that bad behavior and come back to being like... Oh, it's okay, boo. It's, it's okay, you know. We'll learn, we'll learn from this. Like I didn't have that, yeah. but but mm. my self talk has changed. I shared this with you recently. Did I share this on the podcast? The the you 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 to I that self talk. That
0: wasn't on the podcast, but you did okay. share that with me.
1: Yeah. So recently, what I've realized from like a big journey that I had last year, I was I was in this journey, and it was a long journey, and there was a lot of. Work happening, deep psychological work with childhood memories and deeply ingrained um, thought patterns and ways of being. And then at some point, I started hearing myself talk, and it was like, "You have to," and "You should," and "Why aren't you?" You, you, you. And I was like, "I. What? What? Am I, what do I mean? You, I."
0: Well, that's actually really interesting. Let me let me jump in for a second because that is such a clear indication that what was guiding you was logic and obligation and
1: fragmentation
0: fragmentation so fragmentation is a huge one let's open that up in a moment but the very fact that you had put yourself in third person is almost a really good thing because it shows you that it's not intuition yeah if you if you hear obligation and logic not that you shouldn't hear logic logic's beautiful right but intuition is there to inform logic not the other way around
1: and also when you say i it's a lot of sorry it's you it's like you should or you have to like those words should and have to yeah and so
0: the obligation can take over what you think you should be doing and the obligation can take over your intuitive voice and it does because it's much louder It's a much louder voice and then and this is the most confusing part for a lot of people that people will start to do things that they should do uh, rather, than, rather than what they want to do and that is not the key to lasting change if you're saying I should do this it's you're, you're probably never going to get really good or have any sort of progress with yeah, that thing yeah it's like thing.
1: should in relation to who
0: <laughs> well what I want to be fit, so I should go for a walk, but I don't feel like it. Well, when you feel like going for a walk and you consistently feel like going for a walk, then you're in a place to, yeah. I don't know, lose weight or whatever your goal is. Yeah. Or be healthier. Yeah. But if you should go for a walk and you live from that obligation. Then
1: it's not coming from a strong why.
0: And it's not rooted into the ground.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's you're too much up in your head. Mm. You're not dropped into your body. So I found that, that an I or a we, And I fluctuate between the two. We, we. Wait, we? Yeah, plural. Yeah, I like that one. Let's go. Let's go do this because it's. I understand that it's still self and other, but we still need to acknowledge that we can't just we can't dissolve the ego and be pure spirit inside of this vessel. We need to acknowledge that there is that ineffable part, but there is that tangible part, right? The goal
0: is not to dissolve the ego. The goal is to just not let it run your life.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's why when it's a Sometimes it comes out as a we or a let's, which I find really beautiful. I guess let's
0: is very cute. It's
1: sweet. It's like,
0: come on, Danica, let's go for a walk.
1: Let's go for a walk.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: Because there's this. Because that feels like calling the fragmented aspects Mm. of self home. Let's all. Well then, not you. And I'll stay here, and you go do this.
0: Mm. I'll stay here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit here and take a nap. Yeah. And you go for a run, you fat bitch. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: That's how. That's awesome.
1: So, so, I mean, so that change in self-talk. That's crazy. Yeah, it has do been crazy. Think,
0: do you think perhaps the uh, extension of that train of thought can lead to things like bipolar? The that's a really interesting. What if you? What if that was all you knew, was the, was the there was somebody and an other inside your own mind and you let that play out however it did?
1: Yeah. I, mean, I don't I, know, just a thought no, experiment. It's an interesting thought experiment because I've had that... Narr- like that self-talk narrative for as long as I can remember. And I, ne- I genuinely don't believe I ever had true bipolar. I know there's bipolar one and bipolar two. Maybe I don't know enough of the difference. I was diagnosed clinically with the like the more common version of bipolar. Right. So maybe I was moving towards that. I have also been borderline psychotic <laughs> at a certain time in my life before. Yeah, like so most, that of your complete- life. <laughs> For most of my life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> and we just we have a misunderstanding of the the nature of you know reality as it is but let's not go into that's a separate conversation it's but, a whole different podcast but my point is that yeah i think you're right you can get so fragmented so the we seems to be calling it home that's beautiful and then it's helped me that's it's really helped beautiful. me access that space of i love and forgive myself every single day i and would then, love
0: to hear from more people to, as to how they reference themselves I've in their minds. have you asked around i should ask the people that i'm so your curious answer
1: was, like i don't reference i just
0: It was always I in my... It was always just I. Yeah. Always. And
1: then... um,
0: Not we, not you, but I. I, And and if there was the voice of obligation, which let's be real, is in everyone's life, it was I should, not we should, not you should, always I should.
1: And doesn't that speak to what we've been talking about? Yeah. It's like your sense of self is here, whereas mine's always... Mm. been out there but that's why i think sense of self is not putting it right because i know that i've always had such a strong sense of self but it's it's not the right word it's been but it's been it there's just been aspects of self that have been pushed aside or rejected Mm. like i've not been my whole fully embodied self and i guess and so that leads me back to where I'm at right now, which is what I, what I was saying is the last few months, I really feel like I'm calling these these aspects of self home. And there's so much less doubt and there's so much less time pressure and there's so much less worrying about what I'm doing and so much more trust in what I'm creating mm. so much more trust. That's beautiful. And also so much more room for connectivity in my life, whether you want to call it connection to nature, spirit, source, God, whatever you want to call it, that has been so present. And it and what I love is outside it's outside of those moments where it's like, oh, I had a really deep meditation. I had a really profound trip or I had a really deep conversation. It's like, it's, it's everywhere. I'm driving I wake up, I'm practicing yoga. I'm taking shit <laughs> wherever I go. It comes with me. And that speaks to the defragmentation of self quintessentially for me, where I'm like, I'm no longer alone because I'm fine tuning my vessel. So that spirit is always flowing th- with me and through me. And so it That's comes beautiful. back to those practices. Yes. It's like every morning, um, what I'm doing to take care of my vessel, and my health, but then what I'm doing to commit to my creative purpose and vision Et cetera
0: etc It's beautiful how, how did you navigate uh, incorporating discipline routine and ritual back into your life? I know it took a little lull and came back more recently. Yes how did you navigate that and inc- and, and, and uh, connecting that to the, the the let's or we or, or I or changing of the because uh, I, I I typically have heard people associate like discipline with Get up, you lazy shit. You should go for a walk or a run or whatever it is, right? So it's more, I guess my question is yeah, how did you connect discipline and routine to the way you speak to yourself?
1: That's a great question. Because I did, as I dropped into that real heart based space of emotion, coming away from the mind and the dominion of the mind, I did fall into this space of kind of losing my practices, cool losing thing. my sense of. The
0: dominion of the, mind. dominion of the mind. Sounds like it should be a, like a maybe not a, not a horror thing, but or like a, metal a really psychological thriller, so like get out the, thriller, yeah. the dominion of the mind. I think that, that was its second name. <laughs> Go on. Um,
1: yeah. So I did start losing my sense of, because having that you, you, you should, you should mind based living. I was very strongly disciplined, deeply ingrained in my practices, great sense of structure in my life. And I did lose that for a while. So I think it's a few things. I think it's first and foremost, Trust, like allowing myself to be in that space of losing it for a little while, for the sake of feeling the goddamn things, instead of running it away, walking it away, eating it away, me- meditating it away, like dropping into that space of what does it mean to feel? What does it mean to feel erratic? Mm. What does it mean to feel sad some days? What it mean? Mm. What does it mean to feel confused and lost and to voice that and to hold space for that and to learn to be in that space? And I stayed in that space for quite a while, like quite, since I finished uni, I've been dropping into that space and that was mid last year. So it's now like a quarter into this year. Um, and then letting come, let, so going through all the motions of like whatever it was, sadness, self-doubt, happiness, joy, flow, pleasure, mistakes, forgiveness, all of that, cycling through all of that stuff. And then starting to feel the lethargy, the lack of energy, the lack of will, um, compromised immunity, going down that train of like, is there something wrong with, is there something wrong with me? And then just coming back to, it actually all just is mindset. But what I used to think of as mindset was way too rigid and Mm. way too fragmented, removed from all aspects of self. It all comes down to mindset with the purest of intentions. I am doing these things because I love myself. I'm doing these things because I know it makes me feel better and I get to experience more magic in my life, more magic in my day, waking up early, doing some exercise, taking a cold shower, eating good nutritious foods, doing some breath work actually allows me to have a more magical life. And whereas before it made me feel really good on a peripheral level, it didn't plug me into source. Whereas now it's in, it's, it's, it's combined with all of that heart-based work that I've been doing.
0: So you were doing it more on an ideological basis before, but now it's connected to how you feel and how it extends out into the rest of your day. Yeah. It's and become I, more holistic. It and
1: seems. before it was kind of like, it didn't matter what I was doing. Like while I was studying, that stuff was working really well for me because studying was, I mean, maybe it was working me at the point in time, but I think I had to drop back into like, what do I desire? What do I desire? What is the life path and purpose that I desire? And then understanding that it's those practices that support me reaching my goals. It's, it's, it's undisputable that you have to have regular daily practice in order to reach your goals. So I had to reconnect with my drive, my fire, my desire. I don't know if that answers your question. I guess I'm still figuring it out, but that's a little bit of it.
0: So what about the internal self-talk? So let's say you wake up in the morning, it's early, maybe you didn't sleep enough, but you know you want to meditate and you know you want to start your day with your practices. What's happening in your mind in that moment? How do you talk to yourself to make yourself do it? Or do you even talk to yourself? What happens? What takes over?
1: Yeah, so lately there's been like sometimes I'll snooze for 15 minutes without guilt from a place of yeah, this feels really nice and maybe have, have that little bit of snoozy, lazy luxury. But then when the next alarm goes off, there really isn't much self-talk. It's just a, it's just a sense of duty. It's time. The
0: feeling and the sense of duty kicks in yeah. and no, I should or we should or let's go more like, okay, i want to do this now.
1: Yeah. And something you shared from the book you've been reading, Tiny Habits, has helped oh, where it's- that's a good book. I don't do it enough, but when I've been having really good days where I do everything that I want to be doing every single day, I try really hard to either at the end of the day um, celebrate that or to look back upon those days and be like, Danica, you did so good. You did so good. Like you fucking killed it today. You did yes. everything. And so that drives me forwards where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm too lazy to do this today. But it's like, remember those days that you've been having where you've been getting everything done? Remember how
0: good it felt to get everything done? It
1: felt. Yeah. And when Don't you, you want
0: that feeling again? Yeah, it's huge. And when you do huge. what it's needs huge. to be
1: done, you also have room to play. And you also like there's time for everything. Yeah. Which I really value.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, me too. I really like that. I really like that. I have found celebrating the little wins. If you... Don't want to do push-ups today, but you told yourself you do push-ups every day. Do five push-ups and celebrate it. And that will lock in the habit and make you feeling good, uh, leave you feeling good. So that next time you think about push-ups, slowly, slowly that, that feeling of Oh, push-ups feel good. We'll start to take over the the pain behind, you know, pushing past your threshold when doing push-ups. And that also—it's such cultivates... a cool, such a cool motivating thing, you know. Anyway, yeah, go on.
1: no, and, and it also cultivates that beautiful relationship with yourself,
0: mm. where you're kind
1: to yourself and celebrating yourself, and you feel good for and, doing and being things, yeah. with yourself. Yeah, and observing what you're doing and be like, "Oh, girl, you did that."
0: Yeah, you did.
1: <laughs> that's exactly what Jesse's self-talk sounds like.
0: You think that's what my self-talk sounds like?
1: Yeah. Girl, you are so fab today. Oh my god, girl, your hair looks amazing.
0: It's pretty damn close, actually. Yeah, yeah shit.
1: It's just without the accent.
0: No, it's with the accent. Oh yeah, it's and true. it's a little more flamboyant as well. And <laughs> give it's it, definitely can you give like an a more feminine voice as well.
1: Oh yeah, let's go.
0: Imagine fifteen-year-old popular girl cheer- cheerleader at like a local. High school in America. It's a
1: little bit squealy as well. A little well. bit
0: squealy. Yeah. Uh, way, way too excitable. Way too excitable, but hidden undertones of angst. Oh. Yeah.
1: I didn't think you'd have any angst.
0: The cheerleader is a bit self-conscious about herself, yeah. Her yeah. name's Rebecca. Are you self-conscious
1: um, about yourself a little bit? You are not self-conscious in the slightest. If part.
0: I was a girl, I'd totally be a Becca. A Becca? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Nobody's you'd a You'd
0: be like a Dave if you were a guy.
1: A Dave.
0: You're such a male Dave.
1: I'm a brown woman. Yeah, but In if you're a brown man,
0: and stop saying brown, okay? You don't have to. You know there are there are there are brown males named Dave.
1: I don't know a single one.
0: Really? Haven't every you ever been Dave, on the Amazon call center? Every they Jeff. all have very white names. <laughs> very white names. <laughs> Newsflash, Hello, thank asshole. you for there calling Amazon. You are speaking with Steven <laughs> Every time. I'm just hate my credit card and then I lose like $600 and then I, I knew that wasn't Stephen. Why does that always happen? And then Rebecca kicks in. She's like, Jesse, boy, you better stop doing that because like you're getting a bit silly. <laughs> okay, Rebecca's not real. Stephen may or may not be real. But to be real right, with you right now, if you're a male, you would be a Dave.
1: I don't accept that.
0: David? No. D- D-boy? <laughs> yeah. D-boy. Yeah. Hey, D-boy, you'd probably realistically be a Dan, right? Yeah. Because it's already in your name. Whereas for me, I'd be Jessica. Yeah. And we've discussed this before with our couple name, which is pretty much Danica, Jesse. just becomes Jessica. Our couple name is a real name. Some people get really cool. Uh, couple names like your cousin whose couple name is shiv that's so cool or shivya that's so cool shout out to shiv or or shivya (laughs) who definitely don't listen to who definitely will never ever ever listen to our (laughs) podcast but shout out to them on the rare In general as humans yeah shouting through the heart by the way that's the correct lyric right shout through the heart it's my life. <laughs> That's, a That's the song. same song. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, it's Bon Jovi. I just want to live it my way. I just want to live while I'm alive. It's my. Shut through the heart. You <laughs> too. That's the next chorus, you know?
1: And then the next it's verse the... is like, and now I'm a cowboy. And oh, you ruined it. You ruined it. You had to go to Living on a Prayer. And I want it. Want it. it.
0: What
1: was that song you said?
0: No, you had to go to Living on a Prayer. Dead living
1: or, on a Prayer. No,
0: dude, because Living on a Prayer mean? is at least at a similar tempo. Dead or Alive is very obviously a country I really song. You
1: know one Bon Jovi song because. You that's know my Living on one. a Prayer. Don't
0: be ridiculous.
1: Well, now I know
0: it. You didn't just now learn about bon jovi song (laughs) living on a prayer that didn't just happen you knew that from years ago
1: okay fine i'm a massive bon jovi fan yes
0: you're a closeted bon jovi fan yes and if given the opportunity you wouldn't kick him in the balls which we discussed last episode anyway um look what we were actually saying was the benefits of celebrating yourself after doing something good and you were telling me how that's changed your life
1: I wanted to move on from that anyway.
0: Well, tell me what you wanted to move on from. <sighs> oh. Jesse. If you're hearing that, guys, somebody's phone just went off.
1: It was Jesse's two and seconds that, after it going, on, that person, going off previ- previously. That person
0: may or may not be wanted dead or alive. Hey, uh, what did you want to say? I think, I think you had a question. You had your hand up and everything and you wanted to ask something. So go ahead.
1: Well, it's clearly because you desperately want to be asked a question.
0: No, you tell me you had a question. I
1: don't. I don't care about you. Oh, you to d- have questions. Okay.
0: About you. Well, then let's keep talking about Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's the solution here.
1: If you had a choice, would you ride on a steel horse or a real horse? Steel horse being a motorbike.
0: Oh, it is, is it?
1: Yeah. Did Probably. you never get that from the song?
0: No, I don't really like that song. Um, I'd probably go the real horse. It's a, bit, a little bit more organic and I'm, I do yoga. It's just so, a little bit more yeah, organic. Yeah, because I do yoga and I need things to be organic because only now that I do yoga do things have to be organic. Okay. I prefer pesticides on my fruit, but now that I can hold Downward Dog and like Warrior two, I need no pesticides on my apples.
1: Okay, here's another question related. <laughs>
0: okay, go ahead.
1: How do... <laughs> How did you cultivate such a strong sense of self? Do you feel like you've always had that within yourself? Did you ever feel um, disconnected from it? And do you have any advice for people who haven't quite found, not necessarily themselves, because I think that's hard for people to recognize and admit, but for Mm. people who don't have a strong connection to their life path and purpose...
0: I think coming to know yourself is a very personal thing. And I think it takes a lot of people lifetimes to figure it out. I know lots of people who have a strong sense of self, but still don't really know what they want to do with their lives. And I know lots of people who don't feel like they need to have a strong purpose or a strong sense of self and are okay with where they're at. I think it's a spectrum. I don't think everybody needs to know themselves that much I think it's a goal to I think if you're interested in personal development learning yourself understanding yourself is the first language you have to decipher because when you start to learn yourself you you start to figure out how you respond to things you learn about emotional trauma you learn about triggers you learn about ways to you know hack your own emotions you should approach this with the Element of skepticism and ex- a curiosity and experimentation. That's my only advice to people who I th- who may want to learn more about themselves or discover their own sense of self. Do you think Be you curious. need to
1: have a strong sense of self to have a s- strong sense of certainty about your life path? Hmm. Yeah. I feel. I feel like those two. Things I feel are like they do. Well. Yeah. I
0: feel yeah. like they are correlated. Yeah. I don't think most people. Ponder that deeply on on this regard. I think but,
1: a lot of people are also very swayed by societal norms.
0: That's the thing. So they
1: don't feel that need to dig. Like, what is my purpose beyond like, oh yeah, my purpose is to have a baby and work in nine to five and go on holidays twice a year. And
0: some people are okay with that but life. Maybe that
1: is their purpose. That's, that's, like, yeah. Who are we to say that one kind of purpose is? deeper than the other more real than the other
0: either way there's going to be emotional things they learn from in that lifetime or in other people in similar situations Mm. the point is that you find yourself with the situation that allows you to grow the most on a soul level and soul level growing is emotional growing emotions are the language of your soul speaking to you and that's the fun thing about personal growth and getting curious is you're actually curious about something that's completely ineffable but if you form a relationship with it you end up learning yourself and being it it can start in whatever way it can start with you as a teenager being depressed all the time but then you get acquainted with your emotions i think a lot of people start there Mm -hmm. or it could start with a midlife crisis basically it starts with suffering That's how, because, because negative emotions alert you, they act as little alarm bells. And then you go and feel like you have to attend to them. And when you attend to them, you learn something about yourself, whether you're depressed for a week or a month or years, those alarm bells will be ringing the whole time. Then saying things like, Hey, pay attention to me. Hey, look at this pattern of thoughts that keeps coming up and leads me to this feeling that is learning yourself. And I think people who know themselves, really know themselves, have gone through a great, great struggle in order to learn themselves. I think there's always some, to use this, some cheesy words, there's always some dark night of the soul that somebody has to overcome, which teaches them about them. Yeah. My, my little sister a few weeks ago said to me that I have one emotion. She's like, you're always happy. And I said, hey, I work really hard to maintain that one emotion. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: it's true, and it's it's not
0: true. It's actually bullshit. I've had many, many, many ups and downs. I'm a human.
1: No, but it's true that you do work hard. I so work up. my ass yeah. off. Yeah.
0: So that is my goal, and what I I I'm always a smart ass about it because I love to be. You're a smart ass, <laughs> and also because she's my sister, um, and that's my job is to be a smart. But anyway, um, the main important thing here is i wanted her to think a little bit deeper about that question do you think that there are some people who are just happy no matter what and, that, and that's what it is yeah I, I i feel as if if that did exist they'd be bypassing some stuff yeah. i acknowledge i'm sad and i've had many talks to her you know hey kess i'm not feeling so good today can we talk about this or what do you think of this and she'll help me
1: yeah i mean being human is feeling all of it that's I really correct. firmly believe that feeling all of it. Like That's if correct. If you really want to have the human experience, you get to experience everything the, the height of heights and the pit of pits.
0: And uh, to add on to that, I would say, if you want to learn yourself, sit with your emotions when they come up and listen to them like they have a fucking golden ticket for yeah. you. Because if you treat it that way, and if you treat it with curiosity, curiosity Um, I found out recently through someone's definition of love that curiosity is very akin to love. That's a very interesting perspective I found. And so I've been adopting the word curiosity as a sort of interplaying or intertwining with the word love. Because if you're curious about something, you're pursuing it with love. That's right. Sherlock Holmes was curious. That's why he would... Dig into mysteries and find, deduce information. If anyone's seen Sherlock Holmes or Family Guy, (laughs) the deduced bit, the Stewie. Anyway, um, but if you want to know yourself, I'll reiterate, listen to your emotions like they are smoke alarms in your house and your house is about to burn down. Pay attention to them quickly. Don't let them pass without you understanding them because understanding them means understanding you and understanding you means having a stronger sense of self. And having a stronger sense of self just means you're less swayed by the tides of life. And then if you couple that with a forgiveness practice, then you technically, and I've used these words before, this is a quote from an amazing book, which you really can't find. It's kind of underground, hidden, esoteric. If you want to know what it is, send me a message on Instagram at Jesse turner underscore music and i'll give you that book but i have talked about the book many times and it's very profound but the quote is forgiveness ends the wheel of karma
1: oh uh, yeah that always hits me right in the heart oh me too
0: man that, that is that's a, such
1: a huge can you say that again Sloan?
0: forgiveness ends the wheel of karma
1: that always literally gives me goosebumps
0: i read that sentence I fell asleep that night. I opened my Kindle the next day. I read it again. I fell asleep that night. That happened for a week. Yeah, it shakes me every
1: time I hear it. It's
0: profound. And that's why there are some branches of, you know, particularly of Christianity that focus on forgiveness. But a lot of Christianity gets so disregarded.
1: But But it's also... It's so
0: easy to disregard something that, you know, has perhaps some bad things in it and ignore the good messages. But that is such a profoundly good message you can apply no matter what your belief system is a
1: hundred percent but it also has to be your own personal practice of forgiveness not getting on your knees and begging another to forgive or you, or going
0: into a wooden little box yeah and confessing to someone else and
1: committing sin all week every week going on sunday getting forgiven yeah you're right you're right thing. it has to be a
0: personal practice but i'm of not shitting
1: on the religion i'm just saying like even even within ourselves i
0: work for people actually going into a box and talking well, talking it out.
1: I mean, obviously in any practice the teachings get skewed, but you're right the essence of it is so pure. And mm. this is the thing, forgiveness for self and forgiveness for other go hand in hand. They really do. You oh, can't you, have one without the other. Yeah,
0: one is the plant, one is the soil. Yeah. They require each other.
1: Yeah. And
0: half the time, oh sorry, go on. Well, you, you I was going to say half the time if I find I'm experiencing the world in a perhaps a negative light. I think to myself, how's my plant doing? I'll close my eyes and I'll take a look at it. Sometimes I'll see the leaves are droopy. I'm like, Oh, I haven't watered you for a while. Or sometimes I'll realize that I haven't fertilized the soil for a while. And so I will realize, Oh, you know what? I am mad about this thing from a week ago when this person said this thing, and I haven't really worked through that. So let me work through it now and and consciously forgive that moment. And That's taking care of your garden. You've got to fertilize.
1: Sometimes I'm so... Envious is not the right word, but in awe of how healthy your emotional processes are. It's wild.
0: I don't know if they're healthy. They're healthy. I've worked on them, but I don't know if they're healthy. I don't know what healthy emotional processes are. There's no such thing. I read books like The Autobiography of a Yogi, and I'm like, I have so much work to do. Yeah, (laughs) it's so true.
1: But... Bringing it back to that forgiveness ends the wheel of karma thing, because there's there's an external and an internal manifestation of the wheel of karma, and again, external Mm. internal manifestation of forgiveness. And
0: so, how do you interpret that quote? I'd love to hear.
1: It's it really shakes me to the core, man. Because for me, it goes really. I'm about to get fully deep with it, but it's like my understanding. My understanding (laughs) of. The nature of existence is that there is a creator, a source that runs through all and we all exist in that in the in the mind's eye of that source. And it's all one continuum. We are of it. It pervades all. And so it's doing it's doing us because it's trying to understand itself. It's trying to see what happens when it bees is that (laughs) why is that why all of these things that happen when it's being right Mm, like mm, so mm. many infinite universes can come from this state of being and so i believe that as as the creator trying to realize itself it has to see so much of all of it so much light but so much darkness and in that it, it gets wounded and it gets fractalized and shattered and so the more we can forgive ourselves and the more we can forgive other the more we can show the creator the perspective of forgiveness forgive it so it can forgive itself it's it's fractal like in nature for me it's like holding that within ourselves allows us to hold that for the other which allows the collective to hold it for the creator which allows creator to hold it for itself which then allows creator to come back to a state of wholeness within itself so I don't know how much sense that makes on a tangible level, but, but I guess to, to simplify it a little bit, I self-punishment, self-sabotage, these are patterns that can come from a lack of forgiveness of self, lack of, first of all, accountability, and second of all, like, God damn, we're human. Sometimes we make mistakes. But, you know, when we make mistakes and we don't forgive ourselves and hold hold loving compassion towards ourselves for making these mistakes, then we can subconsciously go out and, like, numb or inflict pain upon ourselves or manifest a situation that really hurts us or that jeopardizes our sense of freedom or something you know um and on the flip side we can really have our hearts closed when we don't forgive and hold loving compassion towards others when they are being the way that they're being and also that just, again, it's fractal fractal in nature because it bounces back to ourselves. Like if we reject an aspect of them and see an aspect of other that we cannot forgive because I see everything as a reflection of everything else and everything is just being, in the, being a reflection of the creator. What I cannot forgive in another, I can never forgive in myself. And so I just that that energy of fragmentation just keeps rippling outwards whereas when i forgive it calls it in and in and in and in and in like hey i accept you and therefore i integrate you and that's said towards self and that self towards uh, that's said towards other mm. i accept you so i can integrate you and i love you so i can super integrate you
0: yeah you that's know? the uh understanding And then appreciation, which pieces all these like fragmented parts of ourselves together. And it's beautiful. I really appreciate your emphasis on self, because I think that was the biggest, the reason why that quote would get people at the heart, forgiveness ends the wheel of karma, um, is because first of all, I believe it forces you to deconstruct your entire worldview. And second of all, it forces you to reconstruct or sort of not reconstruct, actually more go into the parts of yourself or the parts of other people that you reject. And you said it so perfectly. If you reject someone, something in someone else, you're actually rejecting that thing in yourself. It's why, that's
1: why it's like the wheel of karma, right? It ripples out and it continues and it just plays out over and over. mm. That lack of acceptance reverberates and that's the wheel of karma. That energy is coming back to bite you and coming back to bite you. It's like,
0: yes. Okay. So I would phrase that quite differently, but I totally hear your, interpretation and I, I, I believe it to be absolutely true and correct because it's saying the same thing but the way I see it is um, whenever you're trying to integrate something the universe will show you that thing in yourself or in another if you fail to integrate it the universe will put put it in front of you again soon after to give you another opportunity to give you another opportunity but every single time you deny it it shows up in a more confronting form it's looking for attention yeah so if you struggle to forgive people who are outspoken and obnoxious then you might be born with a sibling who's like that or you might find one of your parents is like that and then you might form a new friendship group and then there's one of there one person there who you hate and then you leave that friendship group and you're like fuck i'm done with them because kathy's in that group and she's the worst and your next friendship group, you're going to find someone even more outspoken and outrageous until you learn to forgive people's expression of self and don't take it personally. It's something of that nature. Weird examples, but what I'm trying to get at is that we're actually saying the exact same exact thing. Exact same
1: thing. Exact same that's- thing.
0: You're using a more energetic slash like <laughs> wording. Uh, and I, I tend to see it more as circumstantial and quite personal. But, it's, but they're it, both the exact same they're thing. They're very aligned
1: because this is what I mean. And it's that's the wheel. It's a cycle. Nature. Yes.
0: It's a cycle. And
1: that's how it ripples out. And can you, like, can we imagine for a moment, for those of us listening, can we imagine for a moment, considering <laughs> what, what do Jesse you mean people said? People are listening.
0: People don't listen. am kidding. <laughs> <laughs> people don't listen. Um, can you imagine like
1: ponder ponder the nature of like what jesse and i have said and just merge them together like if you don't accept an outspoken person then you manifest another then you manifest another Then you manifest another we we're creating reality what if we're creating more and more people who are outspoken who are not communicating lovingly who are causing harm to others like what if we are manifesting that purely through our lack of acceptance that's what i mean like Instead of integrating, we shatter. We fragment see, further.
0: Yes, yes, exactly.
1: And who... No, who? I don't know. That's I see, what it feels I, like to me.
0: I think you're absolutely right. I, I just see it with a slight different pair of goggles on um, because I see it more as you're not creating those people. Those people are just happening to stumble upon your path. They were always there. But because of your unhealed karma, let's use that word because it's in the quote, those people are revealing themselves to you more and more. And so when you say we're creating reality, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think what you mean as well is we are, or those people are made apparent to us more so because we refuse to accept them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like- is that
0: right? Because you're sort of explaining it in a way that shows that they're not there, but then they become there. You know, that they cre- we create them.
1: Yeah, I but mean to quote Slipknot, it's a little you bit cannot you see.
0: cannot kill what you did not create. E- to quote Slip, to quote Clory Taylor. Clory Taylor. Cl-
1: Clorine Taylor,
0: Clorine <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> if he drinks tap water, he might be nicknamed that.
1: Um, yeah, I I, I have given. to see. I've got a weird view of reality where it's Yeah, see, this it's is- yes, and it's it's all like. Yeah, we don't create them. They're already there, but also we do create them. This is them why, because we're oh
0: my God, sorry. It's cre- so great talking to you. we
1: creators of our reality because we we experience life through our perspective, yes, and but we also influence life through our mentality.
0: <clears throat> I agree with these things. I, I particularly love the way you perceive them in such a far out, what's the word, far-fetched, Peculiar way because they, your views here, especially here, completely in line with mine. Yeah, but I just think you're insane (laughs) in the way that you portray it and the way that you perceive it. But you might be more correct than me. In fact, I don't think either person is more right. I just see it as you understand it in this way. I understand it in this way. I think the terminology you use, some people might find a little bit confusing. You know what I mean? I feel like they might listen to that and and just be a little bit like, what do you mean you create your reality? Like your reality is your reality. And I I understand what you're saying. I believe you. And I know that to be true. Although I don't see it as I created that person who was rude to that old lady. I just found myself in a situation where I had to witness that because I didn't work on the time Kathy called me a pig. (laughs) Yeah. I, I did eat three Sundays in a row, without breathing, without stopping for air, but she didn't have to call me a pig, you know? I could call myself a pig in that stage, but she didn't have to say it. So I'm really mad about that. So I got some work to do. But yeah, so the ta- it's just the terminology, but this is... In, the, we are, we are in all- the
1: human tangible practical reality, then yes, what I'm saying is quite far-fetched. And what you're saying is definitely more... Um, palatable palatable but in es- in essence oh, they're the same thing yes
0: that's what I'm getting exactly yeah. they are the s- we're, it's we're not speaking words a different language for the same thing and, and we're speaking about concepts that are very abstract and so we have to be mindful that anything one of us says is just a signpost here yes people might listen and be like yeah, really get Danica's perspective here. And I couldn't have described the wheel of karma better myself. You know, they might listen and relate to your way of thinking. They might listen and relate to my way of thinking. It doesn't matter. All we're doing is providing them different ways to internalize this. And if it works for them, great. If it doesn't, then they will be hit in the heart by that quote for a different reason. And that's amazing because either way, the quote is so impactful. What are some other quotes you've just heard? and have hit you that deeply that you have to chew on them for years and forget about them for a year because you don't understand them and then you start to understand It's It's just profound how a sentence, one sentence with seven words can deconstruct your entire world and change your experience on planet earth and that is why i love esotericism that's why we started this podcast one fucking sentence to to change your life who would have ever thought
1: yeah but you have
0: to do the work you can't just hear the sentence say it out loud repeat it tell it to other people and then you've done the work it's like those hippies at festivals like everything's energy man are you just repeating something you heard or do you really feel that? Do you understand what that means? And do you know what the, all the implications of that are? Because yeah. that's part of it. Ah, I'm not even going to get into that one. I mean,
1: yeah, because it's like, yeah, everything is energy. It's That's not a profound statement. Everything is. It's a scientific basis, but it's like, what do you mean? If you're trying to be profound, can you be profound? <laughs> or are you just... Where's the punchline? Sta- yeah. yeah,
0: you stating a fact or... Yeah. I don't know. I, I often...
1: It's like everything we're human beings are just biology, man. It's like, yeah, what are you trying to get at though? They're you know trying what I mean? like, they're trying to speak I get to the what they're ineffability. To get at, but but then they're, 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 I understand what they're trying to get at, but what I'm saying is, yeah, it's 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 like
0: It's more than that, too.
1: It's it's choosing your words wisely because certain sentences and phrases can resonate with the vibration of an intention that goes deep mm. like some some words capture the essence of something greater they capture the essence of concepts that have been pondered by many and that have existent existed from mind to mind, culture to culture, generation to generation. And mm. I think that sentence, forgiveness ends the will of karma, is one of those
0: yeah things. And It's that's, a loaded, fully you, loaded man. It's a
1: fully loaded man. Do you know what I'm saying? Fully
0: loaded can, actually, yeah. Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. And you said a sentence like that in our yoga class today that was pretty profound. You just kind of dropped into it before Shavasana and uh, probably had no idea you said it. But can I... Recite it for you because I was really, really beautiful. Sure. You said, "Even in stillness, we are in flow because of our breath." And in that moment, I was trying to hold some posture, or, or maybe I was doing like a yin pose, and I was thinking about that. And then in that moment, I realized, "Hey, why do I go into these yin postures and hold my breath? I need to continue to be in flow." And That is one that's going to stick with me in my yoga journey so much. And that's why you're a teacher and I'm a student. Mm -hmm. It was profound, right? But sometimes we say things and we're we're not even aware the impact that we have on someone. And um, I think a real clear thinker or a clear conduit or a cosmic conduit, dare I say, (laughs) might find themselves... Surprising people with their sentences because they they might appear to some people really well thought out or really divinely channeled or really clear and concise or a mixture of all of the above. Yeah. And I heard that in that quote because I would never assume that starting a quote with the word even would be a memorable quote. <laughs> but I quoted you verbatim because of how memorable it was. And that's it's just beautiful. You really are a cosmic conduit.
1: We're in moments.
0: We all are in moments. That's yeah. why we greet our listeners. Hello, cosmic conduits. Everyone has that potential. Yeah, Everyone has the potential to, to use your words, create their reality, to use sort of my, my perception on it, to, to manifest themselves in the most favorable situations or the situations that help them work on themselves or are just what they want. Either way, it's the same mm-hmm. thing. But everyone has these potent- these beautiful potential ways of perceiving and being um, provided you find out who you are and learn about your soul and learning about your soul means understanding your emotions your thought patterns even a guru has negative thoughts it's just that they're not ruled by them one of the definitions of enlightenment I like uh, I think it came from Wayne Dyer Um, it's just a goal to to aim towards but I don't know if it means that you have to attain what I'm about to say in order to be enlightened or if it means the quote I mentioned before that even a guru has bad thoughts Um, they're just not affected by them but the quote goes an enlightened man sits in meditation and doesn't have any bad thoughts because he's been so mindful, he's worked through all the emotions that cause bad thoughts to arise. So the enlightened man sits, sits in stillness and feels the grace and the beauty of his own mind removed from anything emotional trauma or egoic or identity-based, which is, I guess, ego as well. So is the definition of enlightenment to not be swayed by bad thoughts? Or is it to actually not have bad thoughts? I don't know which definition. That's for, that's for the individual person to, to play on. The same way there's many def- definitions of the word wisdom. But I do believe that it's cool to aim for that. If you work through the emotions, guess what? They're less likely to come up. And then one day you might have a whole meditation where not one bad thought arises. Or if you're crazy developed, you might have a meditation where not one thought arises. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned earlier in the episode, having a practice I believe is how you get there. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a meditation practice. I believe that means you have to have a practice of any kind. It could be drawing. It could It's just something you do where you're fully engaged in the process, which is meditation. Because meditation just means focusing on one thing, right?
1: Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this is... Yeah, I'm glad you brought it back to practice because this is where I'm... Again, I can get really ineffable and
0: i love it that's so cosmic welcome.
1: with my mentality but then at, at its at its essence it really comes back to like my my philosophies and my worldview is so cosmic but my <laughs> but my method is completely tangible and completely yes. practical because it just i see that in you it just comes back to practice for me so even when you say like aiming aiming for Um, transcendence aiming for enlightenment, I think is dangerous in this day and age where people don't even know how to eat well, breathe well, move their bodies, um, not have road rage, you know, like I understand, I I, I think people can't even conceptualize transcendence or enlightenment. And I think that I, I understand it maybe some sort of an abstract goal but I think that if you're if you're meditating don't have the goal to to reach enlightenment have the goal to have a clearer mind to be more at peace with yourself you know just just mm, bring it back to baby bring, steps yeah baby steps On honor where you're at honor where you're at yeah. and, and recognize that it's not necessarily about enlightenment in this lifetime because I think that once we die we all become enlightened we're free yes that's we share this dimension true. and we Returning become to we return to source is a
0: taste of enlightenment we
1: return to the river we return or to the rather ocean rather it is the real thing it's the real deal so we're, we're, we're on this earth in this dimension to live and to experience and to work through and feel and to have those not even like uh, yeah, to have those thoughts every now and then, and to be like, "Oh, okay, sheesh, like maybe maybe not so much of those, you know, but to not not to not dwell on like, oh my gosh, I'm having this thought, it's this I'm so far away from enlightenment, like yeah, we're all that far away from enlightenment, realistically, we're on the third dimension." But we're also so close to enlightenment because we're going to die <laughs> at the end of it. So it even comes back to what you shared from my yoga class, which is I, I have moments when I'm teaching where I feel like I, I need to be like other yoga teachers that are constantly sharing philosophies and Sanskrit words and terms and things from yogic texts. And for me, it just keeps going back to teaching from telling people to remember how to breathe from start to finish. And remember, you're breathing now. 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 Keep regulating. Keep it regular. Keep it steady. Mm. Keep it calm. If you're you're in a deep, relaxing posture, keep it steady and calm. Don't forget about it when you're resting. Don't lose it when you're working. When you're trying for a really tricky arm balance, try for the breath first before you try for the tricky arm balance. That's true. And just before you enter shavasana, when you're moving from the spinal twist into the shavasana don't forget the breath until it's time to let it go. You know, mm. like, it's just like, that's that's the meditation and that's the tangibility where it's like, I'm not asking you to learn th- this vague Sanskrit context for the, the way energy flows in the body. It ha- probably helps if I have an understanding of that, but I'm just, for the people in front of me, they just need to know how to breathe well. And, and th- yeah, like this is, uh, in this de- modern day and age, I think the human forgets how much more they have access to. and But it all starts with those basic practices of like coming back to your humanity first before you can reach out and tap into intangibility.
0: If you can't control the breath, good luck being able to access those trance-like states they talk about in Enlightenment and on. Or somebody. to even
1: have a quieter quiet a mind.
0: See, I like your... um pragmatic approach here because it really emphasizes yo nail the basics don't go and pick up 300 kilos start with just the barbell yeah pick up just the barbell because you might find if you haven't lifted your 150 kilos for a while you're gonna have to go and start the barbell again it's very important to be reminded those things and you know what as a yoga teacher I think that's one of the most important things to, to fixate on is yeah. yo, I don't care if you can do this posture. Are you breathing? Yeah. Yo, you're do. If, if you're, if you're in a headstand and you're nailing it and the form is great, but you're not breathing, but you're your not breath really, is shallow, you, you're yeah. not really nailing it.
1: You're not doing yoga. You're just doing your headstand. And that's
0: one thing I heard from a different yogi yoga teacher, Ari. Uh, one of the things he said was we leave our egos at the door. We stay with our breath. Um, if you start trying to do something and you notice you you've lost your breath, you're not doing yoga. Your ego is. Yeah. And he said it. So- I probably butchered the quote a little bit, but it was something of that nature.
1: He speaks subtly. And I, yeah. He and speaks I, profoundly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was so subtle and so profound, yeah. and the people who heard it really heard yeah. it, and the people who didn't hear it. Didn't give a crap. To
1: people who didn't hear it don't hear much in
0: yoga. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> lift your leg, they keep hear, it straight. And they're like flopping their leg around the air. And I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, Those guys.
0: Those people are early on, on their journey. It's they typically... Ki- yeah, they hear there. The, um, we were there. There. We were both there, of course. Yeah. They hear the superficial aspect of it. Yeah. The move your leg this way. Turn your arm that way. Yeah. They don't hear um, the energetic part of the practice, yeah. which is the one thing I think is very hard to... um. Explain to people these, the energetic benefits of yoga. I can't explain it well. We need to do a whole episode on just yeah, that. Yeah, where
1: we're diving into...
0: That's a rabbit hole. A rabbit hole yeah, that yeah. is dangerous to dive into because <laughs> we've got dangerous. so much to say and we know so it little, but we love
1: it so much and we should save it for another time.
0: We absolutely should we will. What did we
1: start off with? What was this discussion based upon?
0: I have no idea.
1: Maybe then it's time to just... Was it just... Bon
0: Jovi? <sighs> is that where it started?
1: It was a shout to the heart.
0: That's the exact lyric. Yeah, yeah, because that's the right lyric. Yeah. And then It's My Life.
1: Uh, Have you heard that song, um, Dancing With You In
0: The Summer Rink? Like an ice rink? Yeah. Sounds like... (laughs) Dancing with you in the summer rink. That one? Yeah. My life, it's you that I dreamed of. And she really likes to dance with him or her in the summer rink. Yeah, guys, I I, I
1: recently was singing that song, Dancing With You In The Summer Rain. And and Jesse was like, no, it's actually a...
0: It's summer rain. It's
1: summer Rink. It's summer rink. And I was like, what are you seeing when you hear that song?
0: <laughs> I love how my brain will change lyrics as I grow, as I grow up and reference songs that I heard when I was 10 or 12, words that I didn't know became words that I did know back then, but they were just too big for me to know as a lyrics. So I would take the word like the word from a Killswitch Engage song. The word was dissolution or disillusion. And I thought it was this solution, (laughs) which makes the lyric this distance, this, this solution. And I remember as a 12-year-old or 13, or 14-year-old, I was home from school and I was like, what are these lyrics? And I wanted to write them out by hand on my work and I wrote down this, this much." I was like, yeah, that's what he sang. Yeah, and I started singing along. I was like, oh, this sounds right. Oh my I was very into, these, into those lyrics. But um, ironically, that song is called The End of Heartache, which is, I guarantee, a way of perceiving the quote, forgiveness ends the wheel of karma.